honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Super, super excited about this episode. We've got Margot Chandler, BC franchise owner. And we got Justin Jackson, former professional baseball player. Now he's uh, the goat of creativity. Keep the episode, guys. What are, what are some struggles that you faced recently, struggles that you faced pivoting? How have you overcome that? I think the biggest thing for me is like going from kind of where everybody kind of tells you what you're going to be doing and where you're going next and what's coming up. Yeah, looking at a schedule, that kind of thing. Um, games at seven every day. Just show up, be on time, mm-hmm. you know, practice hard, that kind of thing to good luck. What do you got? Like, so yeah. I'm, I'm just in the world now. Um, going from that lifestyle to this lifestyle is like not even the same. Like my friends are different. My, you know, the location I'm at is different. Yeah. My everyday habits. Like I went from staying up to like 2.30 at night, every night to waking up at 5.30 in the morning. Like (laughs) my life has turned around. But like, I think the biggest thing that was tough for me is just like, okay, it's just the the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Dealing with the anxious, the anxieties of life. And like when you're like, so you're a creature of habit and then your habit is just gone. And it's like, what do you do? And yeah. that's tough. Man, as a creative, it's tough because all I want to do is make stuff. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you probably deal with this. All you want to do is make stuff, but how do you organize and structure and strategize, mm-hmm. strategize moving forward? That was my biggest uh, Dude, Sam, that's not my strong suit, man. In regards to you guys, um, why, why Milwaukee? Why, why the city? Um, you came, you've been everywhere. Um, you were in, I arguably, <laughs> the most beautiful part of Chicago. Why I'm not, Milwaukee? I'm not gonna argue with you. <laughs> why, why Milwaukee? Why now? What, yeah. What's been the benefit for you guys? So for me, I kind of came here by accident. All right, so I met this beautiful girl at a beach. She was from Milwaukee. I followed her here to visit. I was like, this place is freezing. <laughs> Hate it. I then came back again, and then came back again. And then I, fell in love slowly and slowly. So I bought my everything here, moved here. And now this is like the best city I've ever lived in. <laughs> um, nice. I love, I went to the core of me, Asheville, North Carolina. I'm born and raised there, but that's a totally different place now with t- tourism. Mm-hmm. I've been all over the country, all over in the Cuba, like Milwaukee has something special and we're living in a great time here right now where things are changing. I see it like just with my friends that I meet, like you guys, like yeah. you guys are changing the landscape of like how people view this city. It's not like this little, the little brother anymore. You know? yeah. It's got its own vibe, its own name. You know, Giannis is like putting the city on the map. Like all these different things are happening. And it's like really cool. The brewers are like back to be back up on top. Like sports has taken over the uh, cultural climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm a part of that. And I just, I think it's just really cool to be, be somewhere checking this out. Definitely. Awesome. So Milwaukee, how we ended up, um, when we started exploring this franchise opportunity, um, we could have picked anywhere. Like at, at anywhere was open, we're the first franchise. Um, so we had to decide what, what do we want to do? Where do we want to go? Um, Chicago, it was not an option to stay in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, which turned out to be a, a blessing in disguise. 
Um, so I, I went to school in Madison, graduated a, a while ago in 2001. Um, so I'm familiar with um, the culture of Wisconsin, I'll say, from that experience. Um, truly the best years of my life were those years in Madison. Um, it's where I made my friends that are family today. And, awesome. Um, I have very fond time. Um, so familiar with the culture, um, my extended family has always lived in Wisconsin. So as a child, I always spent summers, um, school breaks, holidays, always in Wisconsin. Um, so when we looked at where do we want to go, I said, I love Wisconsin. And what I really love, and like, feel free to course correct me if this is off, but um, Wisconsin really occurs to me as like a work hard, play hard mentality. Like people here, they, they really like to have a good time and they understand the responsibility that comes along with that, yep. um, which really like resonates with this format um, that I'm bringing to the city. Um, and then a big factor, I have two little kids, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and like, where do I want my kids to grow up? And yeah. I was like, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so here we are. Yeah, <laughs> Milwaukee. Um, Wisconsin's not new to me, but Milwaukee is. Um, yeah. And so far, I mean, we've absolutely loved it. Um, we actually do a lot more here than we did in Chicago. Because awesome. life is just, just a little um, less complicated enough to yeah. bring the ease to mm -hmm. get out and about a lot more been great yeah definitely and I mean me I myself I've been here for seven years and moving from that long yeah it's been Damn, it's been man. seven years dude. isn't that nuts um, but yeah I've been here for seven years and it's like a complete 180 from where it was seven years ago I mean just seven years ago we I took you in my yellow car to go drive around the city and there was nobody walking around the third board there was nobody doing stuff Walker's Point was still a, I don't know if you should be on that type, that side of town. And now you look at it only seven years later, you have apartments popping up. You have the brand new Northwestern Mutual Tower. You have people walking around or birding around or bubbling around any part of the city. And it's been awesome just to see the city grow and then see myself and my friends grow in the city itself. So like Q himself, he's failed a couple times, but being able to jump on this journey with him uh, in a city that we both come to love. I mean, I'll be the first and I'm sure he'll one-up me on this, but we, I was probably one of the first ones to say, I don't really like this city when I moved out here. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, yeah, it's kind of boring. Uh, I hate it Okay, there it is. Um, it. <laughs> and to get to the point, obviously a city will grow on you in seven years, um, but to get to the point that we both Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm in love with this city. I go back to Chicago. My family members are still like, when are you moving back home? Um, I was just at a family reunion this past weekend. Uh, they were all saying the same thing. Hey, when are you going back to Chicago? When are you moving back to Florida? I'm like, you guys haven't visited Milwaukee. You guys spend a weekend with me. Mm -hmm. I challenge you guys to spend a weekend, check it out, especially during the summer. Right. This place is so dope in the summer. Why do you think that people aren't creating, why they're not taking the action, why they're not starting here? But not, not even here, just in general, why don't people do? Oh, I've thought about that, like when I think of the fitness industry, um, Chicago is blown up. You've got everything, you've got national brands, global brands, status yep. brands, family brands. Um, Minneapolis has a super strong fitness in, uh, climate industry. Um, and it, it kind of like skipped over Milwaukee. So. Another reason why we chose Milwaukee is um, 
I really felt the potential here is high. Like if I just recently became familiar with the term early adopter, I probably should have been familiar with it <laughs> earlier on in my life. I'm almost 40. Um, and that's kind of how the people that are taking Milwaukee on and taking it on in the way that they're like, this city has potential. Yeah. You got to see it and you've got to be one of the person, one of the people that is like collectively let's raise the bar. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's, that's the potential I see in Milwaukee. Like the, the skill is here. I, I meet people every day that have skill, have talent. They have so much to offer each other and the city. Um, so it's like, are they taking the steps just to right. elevate it up to where it can be? Like the potential's there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the biggest thing is like, and this is, I don't want to get too like deep, but like Do it, from Do a molecular it. standpoint, like. <laughs> Molecule. Oh. Molecule. Right. I got so, a C minus in physics, so uh, take right, this right. slow. I mean, so right. when two things move and a bunch of things start colliding, yes, shit yes, happens. Yes, yes. yes. And I just really feel like, like I'm from a country, small city, all right? And then you have one or two people doing their own thing, but you're moving at a certain speed because mm -hmm. that's all you know. And then you go to, I went to Chicago once and my mind just melted and I was like, this is too much, it's too fast, too much going on. But as I, you know, Milwaukee's like the perfect vibration for me and there's people like, like you that are just doing things that are scary, but more exciting and you're fulfilling your life dream, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. The way that you're doing things, you're like, you're shaking up the playing field so much that like people are watching me because of you, right? So like, there's like all this stuff going on here, and there's people that are coming out in droves to like be a part of that wave that's being created. Right yeah, now, right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Where, like, I don't know. Maybe I was new, but I didn't, don't think people were running around doing this like a year ago. No, not at all. Eight months ago. Not now you look on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and. LinkedIn and like everybody's trying to make and create and, and what do you think is going to be the number one challenge approaching or that you'll face in the future here? Such a good question. You got this one first. Thanks, right. it came off the top of my head. I'll go with it. It's good. <laughs> I like it. Um, so I, I, I mentioned to you guys, I left my career of 16 years working in retail loss prevention and I worked for four major retailers. Um, in a variety of different roles. And every time, you know, when I worked for H&M, I could have had the best reputation in the world with mm -hmm. everyone there and they all knew me and they smiled when I visited their stores. And then when I went and worked for Lululemon, um, that, none of that mattered. So like, like I, I've learned a couple times now the importance of building credibility and rapport mm -hmm. with people. And there's no shortcut. There, yeah. Like you, you have to um, spend time with people. Yep. You have to listen to them. Uh, they have to trust you mm -hmm. and that's like right now where I am in Milwaukee I'm like some days I'm like I, I just wish people already knew me and then some days I'm like and it's okay that they don't because they will will get to know each other yep and when you build credibility and rapport that really is the only way to build trust yeah. and when people trust you um, and you trust them like that that's when community gets created yep. And uh, so true. That's the goal. It's just to like build a community that that I was able to find, like build that mm -hmm. in a new place mm -hmm. for people that haven't experienced it yet. That's awesome. So true. That was like when I first met you. What was I talking about? He's yeah, like one of the. Do we talked about everything? Video okay. games, virtual reality. So he was like <laughs> the first person I met outside of work that wasn't a family member, like you know mm -hmm. my fiance's family or somebody okay. I work with. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. So take care. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's so he's yeah. like my first like Milwaukee fan, basically. Okay. And Big deal. The first thing I told him was like, I don't know anybody here. What do I do? Like, I want to do all these things. I got these ideas. I can't even put together a team to do any ideas. How do we do this? And that was like something. And you, it takes time to build that up and get out there in the community <laughs> and, and just kind of grow things. Uh, but jumping on what you said for me, the hardest thing, my biggest hurdle, and I think this is just the athletic mindset. You probably all can attest this, but it's time. Because <laughs> every day I feel like I don't have enough time to do and complete enough. And I think that's what drove me insane as an athlete, but what got me to where I went with the, with sports was someone's outworking me, someone's doing more than me, and somebody's pushing the envelope, and I'm resting. And I hate that. Yeah. So getting out of baseball, I'm here, you know, I'm doing creative stuff. Mm-hmm. And I fall asleep like, oh, I got to get tomorrow. I need my hour so I can work on this or work on that or do this and that. Say all that and say this, but like, I, I work a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. I don't just create 24 seven. So oh. I have to jump those hurdles of getting off of work and then working on my passion. Mm-hmm. And time is just always like, it's always an issue for me. And so once I guess I get, once I get over that. You're saying you don't have enough or that you're not yeah. investing it correctly? I don't have enough. And I, I think I could be a lot better at um, uh, making my time make more eventful sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a hard thing for me. Yeah. You feel that you're putting in the necessary work to get to where you want to be? I feel like when I when I have my time and I work, there's nobody that works me. But when I have, but there are people that have more time that continually can can build more because they have more time. So when I get to that point of having that expanded time, I think that things will be right where I want them to be. Dude, that's fascinating to me. I remember starting my first com- second company after my first one tanked, and like I was making content all the time, and I would compare myself to like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like chopping, like making like pushing out like seven pieces of content every single day and mm-hmm. like thousands and thousands and thousands of likes, millions of followers. And I was, I would always compare myself to that. Can you talk about that? Like just whether that's in athletics or it's just be, any, like the compare, like you comparing yourself and like, has that stopped you? How have you overcome that? What advice would you give? Mm-hmm. I think when I feel stressed with my time management, I forget who actually told me this. It was someone I worked with at Lululemon. He looked at me and they were like, Margo, Beyonce only has 24 hours in a day too. <laughs> and, like, and truly that pops in my mind every yeah. time I feel stressed because it's um, no doubt she's busy and there's people knocking on her door all mm-hmm. the time and yep. there's layers between those door knocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find I, I, I usually reel it back into priority. Like what, what do I absolutely have to get done today? Um, and then what, what's most important, even though it might not have to get done, but everyone approaches it differently. Yeah. There's no right or wrong. You gotta find people that like have that look in their eye and, and that like- um, That one right there. That <laughs> one. Yeah, it is that one. Well, and it's like, um, I'll reference the song Gold Digger. Like it's like one week they're, they're mopping floors and like next week it's the fries. And yeah. it's like, that's how these people grind. And mm-hmm. if you are around people that, um, that grind that way, like, they're gonna raise the bar, and either, you're either gonna go with them or you're not. So, yep. like, wh- who do you choose? That's so, that's so right. I was literally just talking about this the other day about um, youth sports, okay? So, so, youth sports? Youth sports. So, I've noticed this in Milwaukee. A lot of kids' parents 
don't want their kids to fail, so they don't allow them to play in certain places to where they get their butt kicked. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was the opposite. I got my ass kicked a lot. Yep. And that made me so much better, so much faster that I grew and I, I felt like I tapped into my maximum potential. All right. Same thing like we're doing the creative stuff. Mm-hmm. I bought my camera. I taught myself how to use it. I YouTube this and that. And now two years later, I'm around people that are really real deal at camera something and they've been doing it their whole life. And I feel like I can be around those people and learn and grasp and take yeah. it to another level that I may not be able to do by myself or with a group of photographers that I'm, yeah. I stand out over. You know? And you know you have to offer a fresh eye perspective. Yep. And there's va- there is a lot of value in that. There like, is. Yeah. There is. I love that perspective, dude. Because like, so many people get intimidated by talent. So many people get intimidated by, by people that are better than them. And mm-hmm. like, dude, my, my first startup tanked, second startup tanked, and I shot 500 plus videos in that time. No one, no one fucking noticed that shit. Now they notice me, but it was after all of that failure. And now the reason that we've taken off is because one, I've surrounded myself with amazing people. They've surrounded themselves with amazing people. Like people behind these cameras right now, way better than, way, way, way better than me at everything that they're doing right now. But you need that. You need that in every, every aspect of your life. Because I have no idea what I'm doing. I can't structure shit, dude. I'm crazy. (laughs) But you can't be intimidated by that, that talent. We've talked about the competition thing a lot, right? When it comes to creative, like, if I'm around three people that are better than me and are competitive and want to take the best picture possible, and I put myself in that environment, I'm probably going to take a better picture than I did before if I was by myself. Yeah. If I'm in the gym, you know, and I'm working out with you, all right, and you are saying, hey, we're going to do this and this and this, and then when we're tired, we're going to do this, I'm probably going to get better than me just writing my little workout out mm-hmm. before, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what it's all Even about. Even if you're the worst in the room, if you're pushed by people that are better, you're pushed by people that are better, you're gonna be better than if you were alone. And you're gonna be better than the oh, person yeah. that's the best in their own room. Yeah. Somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. What have been some pivotal moments that have made you into the people that you are today? You can go first, Justin. <laughs> or a pivotal moment, rather. I have, I mean, I have one. Um, we're gonna do this today. <laughs> so I lost uh, one of my, close, very, very close friends uh, in a plane crash. Um, his dad, his brother, and his brother's fiance, all of them perished in a plane crash. This was uh, 2015. After that, I really didn't really care about baseball anymore. I didn't really care about really much anything. I wanted to quit, I wanted to be done. Two days later, so I was in, uh, I got sent to Zebulon, North Carolina, to play for the uh, Carolina Mudcats in the minors. Um, found the news out, played two games. I had to pitch like the day later. It was just like I couldn't even focus. Game ends, we get on a bus, we're going to Wilmington, North Carolina. Middle of the night, um, bus drives off the side of, the, of a turn. And we slide for about 45 yards. Um, scariest moment of my life. My Life changed in that moment for the second time in two days. Um, nobody died. A lot of guys were on the DL. I got out of that bus and I've never felt the way that I felt for the next six months ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in a deep, like, 
anxious state where everything scared me, everything bothered me. I couldn't even ride in cars. I couldn't do long trips. Yeah. I had to get back on a bus and like three days later and travel again. I just didn't want any part of that. Um, and that moment, that moment in time, losing my friend, uh, almost potentially losing myself, the guy who was sitting in the seat in front of me literally almost died. I walked out of there with a scratch on my knee somehow. I think it was my buddy Philip being there with me in that moment. Um, I was then able to go through the darkest moments of my life, anxiety, like to the point where I was laying in bed and didn't want to move after like certain days. I couldn't mm -hmm. travel. I didn't want to talk to people. Like I was just real effed up in the dark place. And you know what bought me out of that? I needed something to do. And one day I go, I'm just going to film myself talking about baseball and try to coach and help somebody else out. Because I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was ready to quit baseball. I didn't know where, you know, mm -hmm. what's the next step? Mm -hmm. I don't have a job. I don't have a degree. I don't have any skills other than baseball. I might as well coach baseball. Mm -hmm. So I made my first YouTube video, and that was uh, the winter of 2015. And I'm filming it. So <laughs> I think awesome. everybody, something – you got to have something that sparks you to do so you have purpose to do something. Mm -hmm. And for me, yeah. it was that moment and never wanting to feel like I felt and finding a new, something else that's going to drive me for the yeah. future. Because yeah. uh, I was stuck in the future and worry and, and fear of what's coming next. So yeah, that was a tough moment, but God's good, my family's great, and uh, I, I totally believe that He and he is God, and what my beliefs are, put that camera in my hand for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So when I grab it, it's like my, my weapon of choice to to slay all the, all the <laughs> negativity yeah, yeah, there you go. that I have in my there life. There you go. That's, that's uh, yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing, dude. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, I, like when people looking from the outside, looking in, it's just, you're a videographer and you're creative. They don't know the stories, dude. That's an accident. All of it. That's insane. I bought a camera in 2012 and put it down because it was just not for me at that point. Mm -hmm. I was just like, dang, what if I just started in 2012? But it wasn't for me. It didn't mean anything to me. Now, mm -hmm. it means a lot. Yeah. I got like nine cameras looking at me. And it's like, <laughs> this is like the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> it's rad, right, Q? It's rad. Yeah, yeah rad. rad. Mad rad. Mad rad, dude. <laughs> Hey, yeah. what do we do? <laughs> Rocket power. Dude, that show. What about you? Pivotal moment. Oh, this, this is a t I like the question. It's a tough question. So thanks for that. Um, I'm going to go with two things. And one is two parts. So I guess technically it's three. Um, so something, I've wanted to open my own studio for a long time. Like eight years ago, I looked into a different franchising opportunity. Um, and we didn't move forward. That, that was our choice and for a number of different reasons. But like deep down, I knew that I and like my core beliefs didn't resonate with that brand the way they do with this brand. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had this idea in my mind like for, for years. Um, and I had two conversations right before kind of like this ball really started rolling. One was with um, one of my coworkers, a good friend of mine. And he said, you know, Margo, my dad uh, was an auto mechanic and he worked for other people his entire life. And his entire life, he wanted to open his own shop. 
and he never did. And like to this day, he still talks about that regret. Like, and now he's retired and is it too late? I don't know, but he's decided it's too late. Yeah. Um, and he said, he was like, I know you, I know how bad you want to do this. If you don't do this, you will always wonder what if, always. And, uh, and that was big because I, wow. I knew he was right. I was mm -hmm. like, he will, I will take the regret. I will carry it forever mm -hmm. if I just stay in my comfort zone. Um, and then I had another, right around the same time period, I had a conversation with my husband and we were like about to sign, you know, sign on that dotted line. And I said to him, I looked him in the eye and I said, is this responsible? Like we have two young kids. Um, in Chicago, they went to private school. It was for super expensive. And I was like, is this, is this responsible? And I just don't know if it is. And uh, he looked at me and like, um, and he said, you know, is it responsible? We're going to figure it out. And he's like, there is no question. This is what you were born to do. Um, and when you feel that kind of support, like you, you can't turn your back on it. Oh no. You can't. So, yeah. um, like having both of those conversations in a really short period of time, that was, I was like, people are behind me. And I, so now I need to get behind myself yep. and just go. Um, so those were really like, I guess those were like catalyst type pivotal moments. Um, what did that process look like for you? You going from not getting behind yourself to getting behind yourself? Oh, there's no turning back. Like once my mind is made, like it's made and, and you, like you go like full steam forward. Um, awesome. and even as this process has gone on, people keep asking me like, how's it going? How's it going? I'm like, it's going great. Some days are easier than others. And like, and there's no turning back. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want there to be like, mm -hmm. it's when I, you make a commitment, you follow through on it. And, and that's what this process is. Um, so I, I just needed, I just needed to declare it truly that like, I'm leaving my career. I'm doing this. We're going to sell our house, create a bunch of debt, do, do all yeah. these things that aren't super <laughs> ideal. Once you think you've like made it. Right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the other pivotal moment, um, having gone through the experience of having two kids, my, my first child was born cesarean section. Uh, I'd never had surgery before, so I reflect on it and I'm like, am I just kind of being a baby about it? But it, it rocked me for whatever reason. I know mm -hmm. like millions of these surgeries, that particular surgery happen every year. Um, it rocked my world pretty intensely. And then in between having my two kids, I had a couple of miscarriages and they happen, right? So that's what I told myself. I was like, they, they happen and it's like, just, you know, move on and, you know, and just move on. Um, and that's, you know, I reflect on um, my daughter who's three now, three and a half. Um, I went to the doctor when I was eight weeks pregnant and she said, I know this isn't what you want to hear. Um, you, you need to prepare to have another miscarriage. And, uh, and I was devastated, understandably, right? Um, and so for about five days, I was just like beside myself, just mm -hmm. waiting for it to happen. I'd been through it before. It's not a pleasant experience. So you just, you wait and you wait and you wait. Mm -hmm. Then around like day five, I realized um, I'm waiting for something that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm waiting for something that like, until it happens, it hasn't happened. And my perspective shifted and I was like, well, okay, 
I'm going to pull myself out of this. And instead of like literally laying here waiting for it to happen, um, I'm just going to approach it that until it happens, it, it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, essentially, everyone knows how the story ends. Like days turned into weeks, weeks turned into month, months. Um, my daughter is three and a half now. Awesome. And it never happened. And the crazy part, this is wild, you guys. So the reason why my doctor told me to prepare for a miscarriage was because um, they were monitoring me closely because of my history. And when they were drawing my blood, the hormone levels were going down, which isn't good. Um, so when they went, they went and did an ultrasound and um, they essentially were able to determine that my situation was a, a vanishing twin. Um, if, if you're not familiar with what that is, Google it. It's quite an interesting process. Um, but literally one of the fetuses like doesn't make it through development and it, it's just absorbed. Mm -hmm. um, it, I don't know where it goes, it's just absorbed. Yeah. Um, so the wildest thing, um, my grandmother, who is like the rock of my family, passed away about a year and a half before I got pregnant with my daughter um, and my daughter was born on her birthday. Oh wow! Which is I'm not is I'm awesome. not religious. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not religious, but I like I believe everything happens for a reason, and and I believe in signs. Like yep. like I believe I ran into it the coffee shop for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, I believe, and so it's just that was a pivotal moment where. Um, That's awesome. Like she had some extra help when she needed it. Mm -hmm. She was born on my grandma's birthday, and now just understanding the process of being a mom and being a parent. Um, whether we go something through something physically with someone or we go through something emotional with them, um, there's a lot that goes along with that. And um, what I can can just share also with the new community about like the ups and downs of motherhood and parenthood, yeah. and um, and sometimes you just got to trust your gut and like not prepare for the worst. Yep. So that that was pretty pivotal and like uh, just wanting to like find my strength again after having kids. That's awesome. This fucking rad. Yeah. That was so dope. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so God. I don't think I, I actually haven't told that many people about that story. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's her birthday is a special day. Like my whole, my, actually this year was really special because all of my family that I've grown up with in Wisconsin um, came and celebrated at our house on my grandma's birthday. That's awesome. And it's a big, yeah, it's a big deal. That is awesome. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. I wanted to ask a question though. So, all great writers uh, through time, mm -hmm. especially like people that write novels like Harry Potter, that they oh, know the know. ending. They know the ending of the story before they start writing. Oh. Mm. And the reason you have to know the ending is because how do you build the meat of the story? How do you even yeah. come up with an intro if you don't know what's going to finish? How it's going to finish? Yep. Um, so I think all great storytelling. It starts at the end and then it works its way backwards and you fill in the gaps, right? Mm. So Q, we'll start with you. What does the ending of your story look like? What, are, what well, is... That's a question, bro. What <laughs> is... Oh, no. <laughs> what do you see for yourself like... Not I made it, but like when I'm like your old man and you look back on everything, where, where does your life look like and where does it sit? Um, I'd say the biggest thing for me is that, like I said earlier, dude, I want to look back and say I had fucking fun. Uh, I'm not going to get into technology and what the world will look like, oh, but man. I will have had, had fucking fun, dude. But like I went to the bars, 
I want to help oh. get people to Mars. I want to be have been involved in all these different projects, like content for me. Like this is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to rant at a camera for the rest of my life. I don't want to do marketing for the rest of my life. This is just the beginning. I don't know where I'm going. And I would disagree and say that all writers have that end. I think it's smart to work your way backwards. Like I look at Gary Vee, I look at Tony Robbins, I look at Kobe Bryant and Batman and all of my heroes and like, there's steps in that. There's a process to success mm -hmm. and how they got there and you can reverse engineer that. Mm -hmm. That I pay attention to, but I don't fucking know, dude. Because like last year, I didn't know what my life would look like now. Yep. Like I just knew that I wanted to feel the way that I feel now. Mm -hmm. And now I know that a year from now, I don't want to ever have to worry about money for my team. I don't want to have to worry about money for myself. I don't want to have to worry about walking in a room and be like, shit, who the fuck is that dude? Shit, he's just a black kid or anything like that. I want to have built a name for yep. myself, built my shit um, and have fun. But what it's going to look like, I don't know. But that's me personally. I love that. It'll, you won't. I'm glad I asked you that because you didn't give me anything that I uh, thought you were going to give me. That's the best part of it. <laughs> That's best. Izzy, how about you, man? Um, biggest thing for me is just making sure, personally, making sure that I am better, a better person than who I would be if I would have stayed the, stayed with the Rock Thunder, stayed with the Bucks. And I don't know how to tell that. Um, and I probably won't never get the chance to figure that out yeah i'm i so basically i want to make sure that and we're already doing it i want to make sure that when we walk into a place and when we're walking into a place people know who we are um and people know who they are people know who um just knowing the name ieg or misfits it's already getting to the point in, in milwaukee and it's already getting to the point elsewhere but i want to make sure that it's to the point where we're, I mean, I can say this, obviously I would want it higher, but I want it to the point where we're in the same likes as Gary Vee. We're, we're in the likes of just entrepreneurs that have not necessarily made it, but entrepreneurs and just professionals that have really followed their passion and inspired people to go after their passions. And I, I think personally, me making that jump, I've seen people and I've talked to people that work for the Bucks, that work for Rock Ventures, that have worked for the Brewers. Um, and I've talked to people that have made that jump since I have. And I'm like, guys, it's, I fell straight on my face. You guys aren't going to. Um, I wasn't prepared, you are. And we just had a conversation with Jackie Steinmetz um, from Excelity and she she brought up a really relevant point Q asked her Why don't you think people make that jump? Why don't why aren't people following their passions? And she said They're scared They and they just need to jump. They literally just need to they worry too much about the website the business cards the making sure there's a the QuickBooks is online and stuff like that but at the end of the day if you can't sell yourself and sell your business um, you won't succeed. That all that is going to be for nothing. So um, you don't have a business until you sell something. Yeah, exactly. So essentially, I just want to make sure that I'm bringing that value to somebody, um, and making sure my parents are all right, my brothers are all right, family's the number one for me, um, and making sure everybody in my family is all right and they're following their passions as well. 
So with, I like that you asked them a question. I'm going to do the same thing. Um, with the cultural climate in Milwaukee changing, um, and based on how you guys have described it, yep. Um, you know, I feel like I moved here about, what was it, eight months ago, December, whatever mm-hmm. that was, um, which is like right when you described kind of everything started shifting. Um, what is the one thing or maybe like the one to two things about Milwaukee you don't want to see shift that like Milwaukee needs to hold on to um, as things change? Yeah, I think personally, um, people call this, people call Milwaukee small Milwaukee. And I think in regards to business, that helps a lot. Um, but you can go outside and um, I still run into people that I lived in my first apartment with. Um, I still run into people that I lived in my first dorm room with. I still run into people uh, that I literally had went to church with in um, my first freshman year in college. And just basically making sure that Milwaukee doesn't lose that sense of community um, as it expands to what it will be in five, 10, 15 years. Um, that sense of community really s- makes Milwaukee stand out um, and is a reason why I've stayed. You, I, I love, love Logan Square, I love Humble Park. There, there, there's a sense of community there, um, but I, I don't even know how to explain it, but there's something different about this city where, yeah, you get your one house where there's some people who don't really care, but then there's, you run into a lot of people who do and want to create that relationship with you. Mm-hmm. and. Honestly, like if I tell the story that my mom has MS, they're not just going to be like, well, my, that's great. My aunt has this. My mom has this too. So they actually want to hear my story and they want to create a relationship and bring value on me. Mm-hmm. So I think number one and first and foremost would be that sense of community. And I would agree. Like Milwaukee is small Milwaukee. Like everybody knows everybody. Um, I know that will change a little bit, but I don't think that community will go away. I would say personally, what I don't want to see leave <laughs> is like Milwaukee's a misfit city. Like it's it's quirky, it's weird, it's funky. Like you see people on Brady Street, and it's the weirdest shit you've ever seen. It's like it's like Walmart, Instagram, dude. Like it's 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 really really weird. Like I don't want to see that go away. We are a misfit city. I don't want to become Chicago. I don't want to become New York. I think yep. we take and we pull from those cities, but we always have to stay Milwaukee. We always have to be misfits. We always have to be awesome. We have to own that. We have to maintain that, that quirk. Um, we got to finish up because this has been fucking awesome. And I appreciate you guys. Hold on, hold on. I have one other thing. I don't want Milwaukee to change. <laughs> Cheese curds and beer. Let's go. <laughs> Cheese that's curds like and beer. Like, yeah, right that's there. like, <laughs> come on. I was going to say that first, but I was like, let me give a good answer. That's what answer. I should have said when you were like, why'd you move to Milwaukee? <laughs> Duh. Cheese. That's the only reason. My mom came to visit. My mom came to visit, and I was like, you know what cheese curds are? And she was like, no. Really? Do you guys know people who know what rats are? Yeah. It's nuts. I showed her cheese curds, and she fell in love. Cheese curds are life, dude. Cheese curds are life. Yeah. My roommate in college at Madison did not know what a brat was. What? She's from the East Coast, and she was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I didn't know. Mind blown right now. That's mad rad. <laughs> yeah. One question. I, I want to know what about you makes you a misfit? What about you goes against the grain? Take it, Justin. Damn, why I gotta do it? 
<laughs> what about me makes me a misfit, makes me different? Um, I have always been doubted since day one, uh, from the very beginning. My humble beginnings as a young pup playing sports, 12 and under, being told I'm not good enough to play on this travel team, to uh, being drafted, or saying I'll never get drafted. Had a seventh grade teacher that told me um, on career day, you shouldn't choose being a professional baseball player as your uh, career because that's a low percentage job. You should try something like a fireman or police officer. I said, no, I'm writing about being a professional athlete. Um, being doubted a lot, I think, is what, I guess, as a misfit, like, people look at you like, oh, you can't do that crap, you can't do that, but you rise from the ashes, you do, oh. like, you do like Batman, you rise from the ashes and you take over <laughs> the city and you protect the city, but like, yep. I don't know, for me, people telling me I can't do stuff or that I won't make it is what, is the reason why I made it in my past life. Mm -hmm. People tell me that, you know, you don't make good enough content, you're not making dope enough videos, or you're pictures suck is why I'm gonna make it and what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Fucking you rad. Know it. That yeah. is awesome. Yes. That's what being a misfit is. Love it. What about you? Being a misfit, um Yeah, so I'll just I'll just come out and say it. I'm like, Ugh, how are people gonna take this? Um so I think I'm a misfit because I'm a woman. Um and I say that because I've I've kind of almost not almost. I've always gravitated towards like the male dominated parts of particular industries. So mm -hmm. I worked in retail, but I worked in security. And then mm -hmm. you get to a certain level in retail security and you're like 2% of like, I go to conferences and you, you know, you are definitely not the majority. Yeah. Um, and I've been in those situations where, um, I've interviewed for various roles and people, uh, well, this actually only happened once, but someone literally said to me, and this is a quote, um, you're qualified and you're capable. Had he not applied, the job would be yours. Well, wow. And so you, you only need to hear something like that. Yeah, someone like me only needs to hear something like that yeah. once to be like, thank, thank you yeah. for the feedback. <laughs> and where do you take that? Where do you go with it? Um, and even now, like in the, you know, in the fitness industry and um, like my style of teaching, my approach is very tough love. Like even the class I taught yesterday, I said, I, I know I'm being hard on you guys right now. I'm being hard on you guys because I care. If I didn't care about your time, your money, your results, um, I wouldn't be placing these expectations on yep. you. Um, and it's like kind of even like the style and the, the format I've been drawn to. I don't want to say it's more male dominated, it's not. Um, but it's like, um, I've kind of always been drawn towards fields where the superstars are men. Yeah. Um, and that's not, I mean, the, the, the franchise I represent, the company I represent is founded by two women. So it's not always the that's case. Great. Um, but I just feel like I'm a misfit cause I'm, I'm like relentless. Like I will beat a dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> I will beat a dead horse. Yeah. Um, and I'm a woman. That's awesome. I dig that. I appreciate you guys for coming on. Yeah, thanks for the says, invite. Yeah. Where can people find you? Where should they go to learn more about you? Yeah, right here. I'll be here a lot. <laughs> a lot. I'll be here. My kids will be here. Everyone. Um, uh, my Instagram is great. Margo underscore Chandler. It's Margo with an AUX. Um, and then the studio's handle is at Shred415 Eastside. 
Um, and I'm super social and I love to get out and about. So like, I'll probably see you guys around like I have been. Always. Uh, you can find me at lights underscore camera underscore Jackson on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube channels, just lights camera Jackson putting out, got a lot of things coming soon. Uh, look for wedding videos, music videos, anything creative, holler at your boy. Yeah. <laughs>